0: Was it you that can do that like throat singing from Dune?
1: Okay, so it was not you. <laughs> oh, you mean like the, the metal? Oh, Luke was better at it than me. Was it? Sure. Oh, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: You're listening to the Gift Horse Podcast. A red-pilled commentary on life, for your ears only. And now, here's Tim and Connor. it was some... some wow. I found it. I found it. I've been, trying to, that been
1: was try, good. To,
0: trying to imitate that, but I found it. I found what they're doing with their throat. That's great. Yeah, oh my gosh, it starts off. That's great. It starts mm-hmm. off with that chanting. Mm-hmm. So great. I cannot wait for part two. Here's the thing. Sure, yeah. I love the first one so much uh-huh. because it's just so artistic and the director is not really known for franchises. The French, de, French
1: dude? De, de that sounds pretty French to me.
0: Yeah. De, de Villeneuve.
1: Uh-huh. Villeneuve de, de Pop.
0: He's known for just doing these single films with no sequels or anything even though some of them were sequels to a franchise. But this is his, from the beginning, starting a big franchise and uh-huh. continuing on. It's like a Christopher Nolan thing, where we're going to know his highs and lows of yep. like the Batman trilogy that he made. <laughs> but for <laughs> Dune, I mean, do you think it's possible the second one is just going to prove that he should stick to one
1: movie stories? No, because everyone's going to say the second one's better than the first one. The first one builds up to the second one. It's just kind of how it is. Especially the storyline, it's already been out in the open. I mean, you know, they made a movie in the 80s with Sting or whatever. Yeah, which is great. Best movie in the world.
0: The the soundtrack was fun, though. It was iconic. I remember it. It's great. I don't remember that. But that movie is really just, it's fascinating to watch mm-hmm. in the sense of production. Yep. It's just amazing to, to look back on these older versions and just trying to see how they could get away with sci-fi without having like CGI, mm-hmm. the practical effects of telling a huge story and the creativity yep. of having to give get around obstacles. Like how do we create this massive worm that's supposed to be bigger than houses? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get our character riding this thing that's supposed to be... Uh, amazingly huge in scale Mm -hmm. and back then seeing their methods of how they did that with like stop motion stuff and blended in practical effects it's more fascinating than the actual story that they try to tell just because it's like the method the method of how they told that story was more interesting than the story itself
1: (laughs) i see (laughs) <laughs> no, I agree though completely. I think actually some of the ways that they filmed the Star Wars series. We're not Star Wars nerds. We're no one. This is the only time we're ever going to mention Star Wars. I think, right, right, Tim. We I just grew up, to, I grew up with it. No, no, we just I, have to say no. Just this one thing. Oh. nothing else.
0: So all that was bad to you? Everything. The original?
1: Were the originals the best movies in the world? No,
0: not in the world, but of the um, Star Wars franchise. The original
1: three. Uh, Luke was a little it, annoying. And look how his character changed. I was gonna go to Tashi Airplane for power converters. <laughs> now I guess I'm going nowhere. This is the last, this is the last time this we'll ever mention Star Wars. He starts singing the song. Isn't fair. Someone move this walking carpet. Someone kick this walking carpet. Someone move this walking carpet. Walk it, Walk it. Blah. Well, I guess you don't really know anything about women. <laughs> you were in, in a zone. Yeah, it was good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you just said that you had to finish the whole song. Uh, yeah, it, it
1: felt like it. Yeah, still, there's some parts. It's What's the what's the kid in um, um, The Accountant? The kid, he needs to finish the projects he starts. You remember that? The Accountant with uh, Batman Light? Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. The, the bad Batman. Him
0: trying to be Batman before he was even put in. Yeah. yeah. And the accountant yeah. he was pretty great. Yeah.
1: He actually very Batman like stuff. <clears throat> yeah it was. Yeah. Except that he was autistic and that was like the thing that they had to. It's was, like
0: they had to take goodwill hunting but just just up the ante. Off it, yeah. Make mm-hmm. it more epic. But
1: this time <laughs> it's not he Matt can, Damon it's me. Yeah, he can function normally in society. No one will ever think twice about it <laughs> definitely the way he acts no one will ever remember his character and all sorts of evil dealings around the entire world evil dealings <laughs> well i mean they, they made it seem like he's like he's in the background picture of every photo of every bad guy ever right. and then people are like nah no idea who the accountant is like <laughs> no nah, not doing it for me a guy that can't have a normal conversation about eating a sandwich on steps mm, doesn't <laughs> ring a bell
0: I take it you you didn't like the accountant.
1: Oh, no, I actually love the accountant. <laughs> I was just poo-pooing on it a little La- bit. A little bit? Yeah, I just thought it was hilarious, though. They're like, so movies tend to give you these really awesome stories, right? But then they give you a detail that you're just supposed to blow over. And sometimes that becomes the focal point, right? I start to, like, dig into it. As an Intel analyst, I would look at that and be like, Okay, so no one sees this six foot three white dude, right, that's in Saudi Arabia doing accounting stuff, who's acting mentally disabled, right? And no one remembers who this guy is. Like I am just I'm I'm just saying. So I'm a little bit upset about it. You're so steamed. <laughs> I'm I, I funny. is this coming from? Uh, I I was just I uh, just playing the playing the bit. <laughs> you know little things like that though kind of get my goat you know oh my
0: gosh you you were batman there you were vengeance i was the knight (laughs) six foot three white dude (laughs) with that sort of like standards of reality for Uh movies yeah is there a movie that kind of it checks for you like you know what that's that's probably the most realistic version of reality that i've ever seen in a movie
1: I think a couple of different war movies have done it. I mean, Which war movies? That'd be interesting,
0: because that's like, they have to be military accurate, and you've actually...
1: Yeah, so I think, like, really funny things... Okay, so the closest to my job would have been the Eye in the Sky movie, right? You ever see that one? It was really crappy. It was with a bunch of British actors, and it was about drones and about, you know, PTSD from uh, bombing people. So I guess that the people aspect of it related most similarly to how people function in a war kind of environment the technology though was super far fetched i think but they got
0: a lot of the details right when it comes to portraying human combat. emotion yeah, yeah i
1: guess i would say more like black hawk down would be most combat accurate just just watching mm. you know certain things take place I um,
0: definitely get feel a very different kind of grit uh-huh. after watching that movie yeah you could ask any uh, like, I feel real adrenaline <coughs> oh, as if yeah. it's modern day. Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah.
1: Yeah, you could ask any any veteran that was over there between, like, 2000, 2008. They would say the same thing. But that was, that's more my generation is the, those would be older guys that were over there then. But, I mean, Mogadishu was was a little bit before that. So, that would be the, the guys that had probably just retired would have been, yeah, doing the Mogadishu thing. So, it was 93, right? 90, I can't remember the date. What's your favorite war movie? I mean, for a person who's been in the
0: military, has a very realistic perspective of what, what goes on in the modern day.
1: Battleship with um, Rihanna. It's
0: all, it's, all, it's all overblown. No, no,
1: that's great. No, I mean, that's definitely the most accurate representation of the Navy I've ever seen in my entire life. He like drops um, the
0: anchor to swing the battleship around to no, fire. That's cool. Yeah, that would definitely hold. That, they would totally do that in real life. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's happened many a times, actually. It's a maneuver, it's yeah. It's a technical maneuver
0: that's saved for alien invasions. Yep.
1: Yeah, we used it in a couple of um, exercises off the coast of California. <laughs> just, you know, drop an anchor, roll a ship around. It's just an aircraft carrier or what else. <laughs> what
0: else? It's just, a big anchor. Yeah,
1: we're doing a 180, gents. <laughs>
0: Tokyo Drift <laughs> But what is your favorite war movie?
1: Favorite war movie. You know, that's a great question. Telling the public that. I don't I don't honestly know. I don't I don't know. I don't want to be judged because of it. I don't I don't know, honestly. I'd I have to really think about that. I couldn't tell you. Well it doesn't have
0: to be a public statement. It could just be you personally. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. The war movie that that really stuck with you the the most. I think of Saving Private Ryan. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, that was great. It's war almost war II, like yeah. I I am captivated when I'm watching it, but I uh-huh. also just don't want to watch it, uh-huh. just because I'm anticipating the moments that are just so visceral, mm-hmm. like knowing what's to come. Th- those scenes that just stick in your brain. Yeah,
1: actually, really the the pianist, um, Adrian Brody. That's yeah, the one that he one got me award. Yeah, that really he is uh,
0: so cool. He's like Humphrey Bogart in that yeah. movie
1: that really affected me just kind of understanding the actual detriment that war has on everyone that one kind of uh, the like the jewish community yeah yeah that showed kind of a little bit more realism it didn't glorify the violence i mean it wasn't 12 strong you know what what's so, 12 strong that's the one with thor riding on a horse uh while everything oh, explodes that, around him yeah the recent one yeah 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 oh, for man. sure Oh, I did watch a, a recent. Joke? Yeah, it was pretty much a joke. Yeah, it was oh, just like no. America flying a flag on this horse behind me. America <laughs> letting bombs explode all around me. That was a really good the one. War is fighting on our side. When you got the God of Thunder, he's the man. <laughs> we, we can carry ca- in Afghanistan.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all night.
1: I used to charge fifty dollars an hour for singing. Now here I am. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I make this one out to my. Ow! Oh, what's that?
0: It's <laughs> exactly what you heard. It's called slapping. Nice.
1: Oh, nice. I like it. Did you Will Smith me or did I Will Smith you?
0: <laughs> the sound effect of you even being struck is also covered. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
1: nice. It what's was... the difference
0: between applause and cheering?
1: Cheering has vocal.
0: One's a cause, the other is an effect.
1: No. They're both effects
0: no cheering is trying to cheer on their team and an applause is a reaction to something
1: no they're both effects you're wrong go home you can cheer and applause at the same time you can cheer as a form of applause
0: oh it's that one it's children cheering oh wow could have really uh yeah how often do you want to play children cheering on your podcast
1: hopefully never do you
0: think anyone would take something seriously if you were like here's some good news What's the good news, Tim? Donate to the Red Cross today.
1: Actually, the... This does
0: not take anything seriously.
1: Yeah, in Haiti, when the Red Cross got like $600 million to build houses, they actually only built six houses. So don't donate to the Red Cross. Donate to, like, Doctors Without Borders or someone that actually does stuff.
0: I can't believe that's real.
1: That's, that's real. I cannot believe, believe it. That,
0: that's just so bizarre. Because, like, even at the grocery store, I see the option to donate to uh-huh. so-and-so of whatever's happening. And it's a Ponzi scheme. You thing. always just think of, okay, yeah, well, these causes, these really big organizations, you know, St. Mm-hmm. Jude's Hospital, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That these are going to very honorable places, or all of them are. hmm And it's unfortunate to know that they're, yeah. Some very schemes that are covered up to not help at all.
1: Now you can play the applause or the cheering. <laughs> was that booing? That was booing. Wow, that sounded, I don't know. I, I got mixed like emotions from that.
0: <laughs> I felt like I was just being pushed out into the ring. <laughs> Oof. Okay, if you were put in a gladiator scenario. A piscatoria.
1: Where you were being trained at a. Piscatoria. I already know the answer to the question. You don't even have to finish. What type of style would I fight, Tim? It would be a piscatory. I would be the dude that has the fishy looking hat, right? I don't have a shirt on because I'm a badass. All right? I'd have the frickin' trident in a net, all right? I am a piscatory gladiator at heart, in my soul, and in my mind. <laughs> you can't take that away from me. <laughs>
0: Why were you so primed to answer that one question?
1: I have no idea. I've been wanting to tell someone, and <laughs> this is the only what kind of style? <laughs>
0: style I would have. Amped. <laughs> That's an animated segment. <laughs> That's where I would say that segment, give it to an editor, yeah, like, yeah. put this into a cartoon. Oh my gosh, that, that would be hilarious. great. Put
1: that on <laughs> Just <all right>. slowly,
0: <laughs> just like you talking yourself of what you would use. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That was. Mm-hmm. Where is this coming from?
1: I was just ready for it, man.
0: Freaking ready. Yeah, this is all great stuff. This is like a, a <laughs> two weeks worth of content. Because I'm dropping
1: like two a week. Nice. Well, you're going to have to
0: have some editing in there. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, little. I actually had to get another subscription to trial of Descript. Uh, and I just kind of plugged in my next Google account and mm-hmm. got three more hours. Nice. So it's like, <clears throat> great. It's like, it's the feeling is like having that software is like taking first class in a, you know, in a plane and then having to go back to coach the next flight. Mm -hmm. Like after having first class, I, it's like, I'm not going back. I
1: can't, I won't.
0: Uh (laughs) The Seinfeld.
1: I can't, I won't. won't.
0: (laughs) How many times have you actually ridden first class?
1: Only twice. You
0: over the occasions.
1: I was in military uniform at the time. Yeah, I think one guy gave me a seat because I was coming back from from Greece. I, I tried to refuse it. Like he was he was super crazy about it. So I was like, okay, cool. No way. Yeah, yeah. Louis
0: C.K. did a bit about that uh-huh. where he would picture it's like I ride first class and feel like I feel like a moron because here are these people who are g- giving their lives to their country uh-huh.
1: they think. Yeah, I slept for like five hours on the on the flight. It was great. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah being, foot, did that. yeah, being 6 foot 7, I I mean like having leg room is is a glorious thing. Do you know what I do on a flight, Tim? You you might actually th- this is cool. This is like some good like top tier self-help for tall men, right? Oh, I yeah. actually bring a jacket and I tie my legs together. I tie them in front of me so that they stand vertically, right? That way if I fall asleep, my legs don't splay out and I bump the two people next to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah,
0: dude, that is yeah. That's genius. I know. I, I thought that
1: someone was like, "Dang, that's commitment." And I was like, "No, this is it's this is smart. needed." Yeah,
0: that's that's seriously the most comfortable way where we don't have that weight of of yeah. you know holding our legs together. Exactly. Because, yeah. Wow. Is joints, you know,
1: it, it really is, yeah. Because you're like you're stiff there the whole time, and you're trying to keep your knees pressed together. That's I was incredible. Like, I was like, I'm removing oh, this, man. removing this, uh, I, this block. Um I don't know if I'll
0: ever, like, once I try that on my next flight, if uh, I'll ever not do that again. Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh, it's great. Like you can fall asleep, and you you don't have to worry about anybody now, you know. You have to get up real quick. Oh, yeah. just you're tied yeah, up. You're, you're good, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, just a little square knot with the with the hoodie. Oh man. It's so weird to, like, talk to other tall people
0: about like, you know, life hacks for being yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah, Because I've always uh, come across, like, an apartment shower, uh, and the shower head's just, like, facing below my chin. Yep. <laughs> it's made for a much smaller person. What qualifies as a t- as a tall, average shower head for buildings?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the higher the height, the more pipe you have in the walls, which costs money over time. So I think if they couldn't or didn't have to add a shower head minimum yeah they 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 meet the minimum whatever height requirement it is they they meet that to code so yeah and i would say some people that are you know want to say like oh look we have a luxury shower or you're buying the luxury package kind of thing or this is an upgraded house they'll put it at you know seven feet or something like that six foot nine i think seven feet might be might be where most shower heads are in the wall at least because i know like when i position it it's right at my head like, it'll touch my nose, the shower head. I don't huh. know if it's lower for you or not.
0: Uh, it's at my forehead.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, different houses too, so.
0: I'd be interested to see how you would edit an episode.
1: Let's do it right now, fam. She.
0: <laughs> I would be interested to see of, of how you would tweak things. Mm-hmm. You know, what things you want to keep in, keep out. Mm-hmm.
1: What you I'd, I'd actually like to learn. Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: I could see you doing that. Like, yeah. you seem like a, a tech person with software. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! What's a movie that you like used to watch all the time, and now you just kind of you kind of grew out of it? Like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. That was yeah. a movie I loved in college, and I would just like that's a classic. You go to, yep. and I haven't seen it in the past
1: like ten years. I, I would honestly say Fight Club. Yeah, me and a buddy of mine. He I lived with him for. Uh, a semester, basically, we would watch Fight Club, like every other day, and uh, I think it had a good premise and had a good, very you know, visceral understanding of what manhood was, kind of thing. And but I, I think I grew out of it because it was just so far off morally from anything I've ever wanted to do with my life, and it yeah. was just kind of, yeah, it was just kind of too dark. Very, yeah, very, I mean, Chuck Palahniuk yeah. is is an amazing author, and uh, I, I give him credit for his genre. But yeah, that's just not my life. You know, I'm not a gritty 22-year-old boy that doesn't know <laughs> about life anymore. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be a father that has children that don't read Chuck Palahniuk books <laughs> 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 or watch Fight Club, honestly.
0: It's so weird how you could be against a film for one reason, yep. but totally attracted to it in another way. Yeah. Like, I, I love Fight Club just for the film work of David Fincher. Oh, it's great. For the, probably the most clear performance by brad pitt the most the most truest form of his acting strengths are shown in that and so the casting is incredible especially with edward norton as well helena bottom carter Uh i mean just so much about that is it was so well made you know story and message alone ahead of its
1: time yeah that was that was the perfection of you know the year 2000 or 1999 or whatever it was (laughs) I think I mean, it was 99 honestly
0: i mean it's like this guy you can definitely tell his style of stuff mm-hmm. like when it comes to like, he did the social network yep
1: he takes tone very seriously 1999 yeah just had to verify I, I figured it was right before y2k just because a lot of the inferences in there were kind of tied to the, the y2k collapse oh no the paranoia that kind of thing.
0: weird for like the movie industry to like keep doing business as normal with the fears of this could ruin our technological industry of how we do business you what are you know, talking about? If if Y2K actually did come true to be this oh, thing I that see. Uh, all the machines were like reset or something. That would have been cool. That's apocalyptic kind of level.
1: Eh, uh, not really.
0: Well, it's like worldwide
1: shutdown of, of like commerce. Of energy, man, commerce, man. It's like if all I think it'd do a lot of good. Zeros, I think to a certain extent it'd do a lot of good. But that's just my own personal opinion.
0: Well, it would do more good
1: now than... When they were kind
0: of—that's like true. Yeah. Before they got kickstarted, into
1: uh-huh. t- I think the '90s was kind of the pinnacle of American society.
0: Really, yeah. the '90s? Yeah. Man, I I'd, I'd never <sighs> want to bring up the '90s. Uh-huh. I'm kind of like embarrassed. I was. I grew up in the '90s. Like it's cringy to me. '80s is cool. Uh-huh. '70s is disco, uh-huh. and then beyond that is just like classy. Uh-huh. But '90s is just kind of this awkward stage of. Boy bands and hip hop stars and Britney Spears and mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys. Yeah, maybe the early 90s then,
1: but it's just still so faded. Yeah, still 80s has
0: looked fondly on 90s. is like, oh my gosh, I grew up with this. This is so embarrassing. You know, <laughs> I know all the lyrics to toxic.
1: <laughs> bye, 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 bye.
0: But you yeah, said 90s the, was the pinnacle. The, the, the How was the 90s the pinnacle
1: of our <sighs> civilization? For a couple of different reasons, I would say. I think that you were still in the 90s allowed to go bike around your neighborhoods. All, all the kids went outside during the summer. You know, you just said bye, mom, in the morning, and you came back around lunchtime and dinner time. That was in like suburban America. I, I think like Canada. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like
0: there wasn't a worry about, you yeah, know, exactly yeah.
1: going out in your backyard. <laughs> I think in the 90s, too, you, you know, you had a computer that didn't do much, you could play a couple of different cool games on there. But it didn't consume you. Uh, y- yeah, you weren't sucked into it. You know, you could definitely be like, okay, well, that was boring. It wasn't you know? perfected on exactly. what could
0: captivate your yeah. It, it didn't consciousness. It, it didn't
1: hit the dopamine factor. It was like that was fun for a little bit. Now I'm going to go read because yeah. I get more from it.
0: You know. Oh, that's a great topic. Talking uh-huh. about how the evolution of technology has just become sleeker to be more aesthetically enticing Uh visually, like the refresh rates, you know, the Mm -hmm. motion, the amount of graphics and pixels and stuff. The the more information that can be put into our eyes Mm -hmm. is what is just all consuming. Eventually we're gonna get to a place like with virtual reality where it it really does take over your senses. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to mess with your brain. You know, that's how close, like that's how much information is being drilled into you Mm -hmm. and overloading your senses. We've just evolved into perfecting how we can totally take the attention of the human mind Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because I mean, they do, they do studies on this. They do tons of science demonstrations and, you know, studies about how certain demographics or genders or ages are affected by a social experiment. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they now have the data of knowing that here's the pattern of human psychology. And so now in a marketing sense, you know studies have shown this is the most effective way for people to remember and, and be ingrained in your mind
1: yep and then they exploit it and then you're stuck in a in a death spiral you know scrolling through facebook videos or youtube videos or, or listening to podcasts or listening to podcasts <laughs> oh just kidding we you just bit our own tail yeah no it's okay we're good you can keep <laughs> listening to us you won't you won't get the dopamine hit we promise
0: Unless you're obsessed with us, and that's your problem, it's on you. That's,
1: but we we love you too, I guess.
0: <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, Some of our fans, we just we don't love all of our fans.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think we're big enough to say that. We all love of our all fans. Of love
0: us, but we don't love all of our No, fans.
1: no, we love all. Do you of think them. we would
0: ever get to a place like that where we would be just like uh, those people who are like imitating Connor's beard? <laughs> just they start like Reddit forums.
1: Uh, no i don't think we'll ever be
0: that cool that would be interesting if if that was just kind of just dropped on to those yep. platforms of people who grew up with that from the 90s era, uh, you know where they still operate on a community online yeah about current events and everything
1: the pinnacle of analog man that's all it was the 90s pinnacle of analog You can roll around with my walkman with a little little tape in it or a little cd player mm. and that was that was tight yo when things became wireless, uh-huh. or at least
0: battery operated, and you can go mobile, that's that's where things started to. Because I grew up with things connected to things, mm-hmm. cables, wires. You had to have something with a wire to keep it tethered. Yep. And then when when like my dad showed me like one of the first model of car phones or mobile phones, mm-hmm. you know, you would flip down the bottom part and you have to pull up the wire and it's just like hello it w- well it wasn't that black brick i think that was like the first car phone
1: hello operator
0: <laughs> uh gotta connect them to sally <laughs> hello oh, operator can... <laughs> one moment please one moment i'll connect you <laughs> like, how can i direct your call <laughs> i love the audio of old time things like, uh-huh. of, of sayings and quotes and movies yep. it's just such a like <sighs> that's how i think everyone talks In that time but that's like
1: it's the what was it called the um the atlantic accent i think yeah 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 Uh, see here see here old chap yeah yeah bunch of knuckleheads you see yeah bunch of knuckleheads that quack doctor (laughs) that quack doctor was talking to me about my wife and my children straight to the moon (laughs) straight to the moon i swear i'll punch him or something Kiss, kiss him no that's the wrong era Alright, back uh, out. Pop them on the chin. Uh with what? <laughs> uh with my mitts. Your your meat hooks? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, There's a good one. Your old hams. Your big old sausage fingers? There we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sausage fingers. Yeah. I'm just going
1: with the, the meat puns. <laughs> well, yep.
0: And that's all the time we have for today's episode of the Gift Horse Podcast. Thanks for listening and be sure to stay tuned for more episodes to come. <laughs> back.